1: On today's show is your chance to share your prayer repair. This week I was in Nashville, Tennessee for the National Religious Broadcasters Convention and I rode up with a dear brother, James Banks, who had written many books on prayer and in the middle of a conversation that we were having on the drive, he just sort of offhanded said about prayer. He said, if you want the biscuit, you have to sit and stay. (laughs) And I I thought about that all trip long. In fact, there was so much wisdom in that, as soon as I got home yesterday, I created a picture, by the way, which is at ChristianCarGuy.com of a dog sitting there and staying and waiting for the biscuit. But along those lines, I, I think it's so critical to our walk with the Lord that at times, we got to get still, we got to sit, we got to stay in order to, to break through the clutter, so to speak. And so, I thought it would be fun today, I've done this before, and it's always awesome to hear how God came through when you shared your prayer repair. A, a perfect example is one time I had a friend who was on a, uh, a mission trip with a bunch of youth and he was coming down a mountain and they had no gas, absolutely running out of gas and no gas station in sight. Sometimes if you're in the mountains, that's how that goes. and It's a little bit late at night and about 8 o'clock he's coming down the mountain and the car the bus with all these students on it just runs out of gas. And so he's literally coasting down the mountain and he comes upon a gas station and it's dark and it's the lights out and it's closed as it can be. And he begins to pray. And then he gets everybody on the bus to pray. Look, we need this gas station to open like right now. And literally the way he tells the story is they pulled into the gas station. The lights came on and there you go. And a guy came out like I saw you coming down the road and I, I, it seemed like you needed help and wow. Prayer works. So today we would love to hear your story. Eight, six, six, three, four, eight, seven, eight, eight, four, eight, six, six, three, four truth. And we have our very own Christian junkyard guy, Bob Young with us, Bob, you, you, you've had a few of those prayer repairs in your life.
2: <laughs> oh yes, sir, brother. It's happened time and time again. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's always awesome. Well, sometimes you don't really see it coming, but, you know, boom, there it is.
1: There you go. We'd love to hear your story. 866-348-7884 for the digitally gifted. It's 866-34-TRUTH. This is your chance, really, to testify, to show folks that may be discouraged or something in their prayer life that God's alive. And you can encourage them with your call It's amazing when you hear these calls, how encouraging they are. And they are encouraging for me, by the way. I love to see it when you call us. we got plenty of lines open. We will get you on 866-348-7884. And then also today, what do you do when you fear your loved one? You know, you may have a parent or even an uncle or somebody like that. They're no longer safe to drive. But you don't want to intervene because that could destroy your relationship. Well, while I was in Nashville this week, Valerie Miller, who's the author of Who Cares? God's Path for the Caregiver, she shared an amazing idea with me, and I had to check it out. So I called the North Carolina Patrol, um, Lieutenant Jeff Gordon, we've had on here a few times, and he said, oh yeah, it's that way in North Carolina. And we got a lot of listeners in Seattle, Washington, so I followed up further. I spoke with Brad Benfield in the state of Washington Department of Licensing, and yeah, works there too. And then I checked it out in Utah, where we have a lot of listeners, and then I went to New York State, where we have some listeners. Oh, my word. They have a whole page at their website devoted to this idea, and we're going to share that, as well as all those links to all the states. That's all at ChristianCarGuy.com, by the way, if you're wondering about this. Yeah, bomb.
2: One of the coolest ideas I've ever heard, though, because uh, I can't wait for you to share that with everyone, because it's, it's just it makes so much sense. It's the perfect fix.
1: Yeah. What a way to get
2: intervention without having to.
1: Of course, I'm thinking that somebody along the way may have been praying. You know, They may have sat and stayed a while to get that prayer repair on that situation. So we want to hear your ideas on that. We want to hear how God came through for you. 866-348-7884. And then coming up at the end of the show in our appraisal by The Real Black Book, that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure. Cry out for discernment. Lift up our voice for understanding How do we get quiet? I host a a segment inside Disciple Magazine called Teach Me to Pray with Adam Draper. And a couple weeks ago, he shared with me um, a technique, uh, a type of prayer that I had never done before, and I've been using it this week. In fact, I found out just this morning, it helped out a dear brother, um, that a way to get quiet, get still before the Lord, and I'm going to share that coming up at the end of the show. And our appraisal by all the, real back bro- the Real Black Book, this is the Christian Car Guys show bringing the kingdom of God through an automotive platform. And on this sh- show, we talk about things like grace car driving. And, you know, if you're following Jesus, probably not a good idea to be speeding. It's estimated that Americans waste 200 million gallons of gas a week on speeding. And we believe in staying out of the bondage of car debt and taking care of your car. You see old tractors out there in the elements still running. Well, if you take care of your car, it lasts as long as you do. We always say that. Again, all this stuff is at christiancarguy.com as well as at Jesus Labor Love. That's our ministry for single moms, widows, families in crisis. It's car repair labor now, not the parts, for folks in crisis. And the car repair places that take part in there are all there at Jesus Labor Love um, page at christiancarguy.com. You can find out more about that. Maybe you want to volunteer for that or help us out. We would love to hear from you. But right now, we're sharing our prayer repair. And I have to share one myself that wasn't repairing a car, actually. It was repairing me, uh, Bob. But I had a, for those who know me well, know I survived cancer. And one day, as I was, you know, I own the dealership there in Moxville, I had a salesman come in to me that I'd known for years, kind of an older guy. And he was diabetic and a lot of things. But he comes in, he shares it, he had been just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. His name was Johnny Hendricks. And that day I was real busy. I was working on a new building project and all that stuff. And I don't know why. I just one of those opportunities you miss when he shows up in my office. He was like, Robbie, I was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And for whatever reason, well, I was like, I'll pray for you. (laughs) I didn't. This was a man that I had known for years, but I did not know where he was with Christ. And I, I had he'd come in with this golden opportunity to share Christ with him. But I had failed to see the opportunity. I've so, got a pile of those myself. So I failed to say anything. Well, it wasn't three weeks later. I got a call from his wife that Johnny was in intensive care that he would lapsed into a coma. They thought he was going to die. And so I come flying up there and his best friends there, his wife there, all these people are there and. Immediately, I become really concerned because I'd been praying for Johnny, but I had no idea it was as serious as it was. And the doctor comes in and says, well, he's probably only got about an hour or so. Who do you want to go into the room with him? And his wife says, well, Robbie, would you go with me? Because I'm really concerned about his relationship with God, and I know you've got a good one. And I was like, whoa, you're concerned about his relationship with God. So we prayed, and then we came out of the room, and, his best friend was standing there. It was Bruce Rollins. I said, Bruce, do you know about Johnny? Is he a Christian? Does he know Christ? And Bruce says, I don't think so, Rami. And I was like, oh, my. And he's got an hour to live, and here we are. We're in this tragic situation. So I go out and get in my car, actually, and just begin to pray and pray and pray. And I just said, God, if you would give him any time that I would, if you could just give him some more time that I will, I promise, I'll share you with him. If he already knows you, I'll help him to get to know you better. I've really missed this opportunity. He showed up in my office that day to do it, and I just missed out on it. And all I could do was pray. Well, by the time I got back, they were already talking about pulling the plug. And it went to the second day, and they were talking about pulling the plug. And it went to the third day, and they were talking about pulling the plug. And I'm praying, God, please, please spare him. Well, the fourth day, you're not going to believe it, Bob. He sits up in the bed like, I mean, he comes, you know how some folks come out of a coma. It's a long, slow process and whatever. But when he sits up, he's wide awake. He's totally there. And all of a sudden, you know, here it's obvious that God has answered our prayer and and Johnny's back for a time. And so now, (laughs) you know, it was my end of the deal. And Johnny was one of those people. He was a great car salesman, but he didn't really go very deep whenever you talked to him. And he helped us with some Bible studies and done some other things, but I'd never really spoken to him much about his faith because he just didn't go there. And so it was kind of awkward. So again, I was, I went back and I said, okay, God, you came through for me on, on giving him some time. But I, I, I need to know what do I say to him how do I bring up this this discussion what do I say And at that time God gave me a word that I'm going to share when we come back and we want to hear your prayer repair story but you know the show just won't be the same unless you share it you know what's on your heart call us 866-348-7884 866-34truth so much more Christian Car Guy show coming up
3: still know that he is
1: God
3: you still know he is our father
1: Be still, sit, stay. If you want to get the biscuit, you're going to have to sit and stay. That's what we're talking about today. Share your prayer repair on the Christian Car Guy Show. When did God come through for you when you sat and you stayed? We'd love to hear your story. 866-348-7884. 866-348-7884 is the number to call and share. We uh, we're in the middle of my story, which uh, it, it, this story is written up at ChristianCarGuy.com. If you ever want to share it with anybody else, it's called What Your Tailpipe Can Tell You um, is the name of the story. But it's the story of Johnny Hendricks, a salesman that worked for me. And if you missed the first segment, I'm sorry. But my friend was dying of cancer. Of, of He was in a coma for all this time. And God had come through for a period of time. He'd sat up in the bed, and now he was awake after I'd promised God that I would share him he would just save my friend and now he was there. And so I did not know what to say to him because he was a proud man, hard to talk to significantly older than me at the time. And so I was like, God, what do I say? And I'd been in the car business all my life. And I guess there's honor among thieves or something like that.
2: Easy, easy, <laughs> easy. <laughs>
1: there's this thing to a car salesman that we understand. And that is a deal is a deal. If you make a deal with somebody, then that's a deal. And God just simply said to me, and he, this is all he needed to say to me, was Robbie, Johnny is a car salesman. And as soon as he said that, I knew exactly what to say to Johnny. So I went into his uh, hospital room. He was sitting up in the bed, and I said, Johnny, I made a deal with God. And he said, he kind of looked at me funny kind of like Bob does sometimes, and said, Robbie, what kind of deal did you make with God? And I said, well, I promised that if he would give you more time that I would either introduce you to him or that I would get help you to get to know him better. And Johnny looked at me like only Johnny could, and he said, well, you better get to it. (laughs) (laughs) And so we started going through the gospel of John, and And I actually got out of the hospital a few weeks later, and we continued on the study of the Gospel of John, and we were going through the I am statements, I am, you know, the bread of life, I'm the living water from the woman at the well, and all those kind of things. And we get up to the point where I am the resurrection, the um, part in, you know, when Jesus raises Lazarus. And so we do that study that day. I didn't really think that much more about it. He seemed interested, but I didn't know if we were getting traction or not. Because again, Johnny was a man of few words. He would sell a car in a heartbeat, but he just didn't say a lot. So I left the house that that day. And next day, when I came to do the study, there was sitting Jimmy Lancaster, a pastor friend of mine, and a number of people of Johnny's family. And Jimmy said, Robbie, tell, I mean, he said, Johnny, tell Robbie what's happened. And he said, well, you know, right after you left yesterday, my sister came in with a stack of Gaither CDs. And she put in the first CD, and it was four days late, but right on time. And immediately I saw that I'd been in that coma for four days. And he'd brought me out, and I made that connection. And I realized it was like that moment in Helen Keller, you know, where she's trying to teach her how to talk about water. And she sticks her hands under the water. And then, you know, all of a sudden she got it that she's been talking about water and all of a sudden Johnny got it, what the gospel was. And he gave his heart to the Lord with Jimmy later that afternoon. And of course they were sharing that with me. Now, Johnny only lived probably another three or four weeks after that. Um, but if you could have seen what was a man, a few words and somewhat distance now was a brother, And I don't know that I'd ever had a discussion with Johnny Hendricks until after he became my brother. And then we talked about deep things. He wrote a newspaper article that still hangs in my office to this day, thanking the people that had come through for him in those remaining days. And um, it was just one of those miraculous times that I got still before the Lord in a real crisis. And he gave me the biscuits. I don't know how else to put it. And I would love to hear... Your prayer repair. I know you got a story. We'd love to hear it. 866 348 7884 34 truth And of course, we got all this stuff at ChristianCarGuy.com. And we're going to get to how we help out your loved ones. But but Bob, you got a story.
2: It was just this week, or just yesterday, actually, when it came full circle. And I found myself in a situation. I can't really disclose a lot of details about it. But. It was a pretty bad situation, and it definitely needed rectifying, but there was absolutely nothing I could do except just give it to the Lord, wait, and be patient, and 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 I had I just really kind of put it on the back burner and and not try to carry it with me every day and let it drag me down and everything, and it and it just. I just had to just sit back and and let it go and when you told me about being still this morning and uh to get the biscuits, you got to sit there and wait you know and and just be patient and uh sure enough the situation something told me to research it a little bit this week and i did and the situation had improved a whole lot and i almost acted on it then but um i waited a little bit longer and Almost a full recovery from a really bad situation uh, came full circle yesterday, and then for you to be talking about that this morning about how we just have to, yeah, be patient and get still and and
1: and I'm going to share actually a little more about that this very situation when we get to our appraisal by the Real Black Book, Bob. That is about being still. And about this situation I mean it's so absolutely cool But we got Ronnie is calling from Moxville, North Carolina Actually, Ronnie, I don't know if you know it But Johnny Hendricks was from Moxville <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I, I live over in Moxville I drive a truck And uh, I've been to your place about when you had
1: to talk Oh really? Well that's wonderful Ronnie, I hate we got to go to a break But we are very excited to hear your prayer repair When we come back Can you stay on with us?
0: Uh, yeah, thank you
1: great and we'd love to hear yours you call us 866-348-7884-866-34-TRUTH when we come back we got Ronnie and looks like two or three more Stay. If you want to get the biscuit, you gotta sit and stay. That's what we're talking about today on the Christian Car Guy Show. Share your prayer repair. Call us 348 7884 34 Truth. We would love to hear your story. And of course, we're going to get to what do you do when you've got that loved one that you're concerned about them continuing to drive past the age where maybe they shouldn't. We got some solutions for you, so stay tuned for that. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But we got Ronnie in Moxville is driving a truck out there. Ronnie, you got a store, a prayer repair for us. Share
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a friend, a real good friend,
3: was older than me by quite a few years. And uh, his name was Billy Rushing. And uh, he, he was uh, my next-door neighbor. And we always worked on old cars. We liked the antique cars together and everything. And he was a real good person. helped me a lot. And I'd, I'd invited him to church a few times, but he never did take me up on it, and he wound up with cancer, and uh, he had to go to the hospital over at Forsyth, and I was driving a the truck then for billings, and uh, uh, I had him on my heart to talk to him about the Lord, and uh, I went over there and asked the woman across from Forsyth there if so I could park my truck there to go see a friend of mine, and she said yes, yeah, at a service station. So I walked over there and went in his room, and he was asleep. And uh, I went over and sat down and prayed about it. And uh, I started to walk out, and he woke up. And uh, he he talked to me, and he said, Don't ever come over here and leave. He said, Wake me up. But anyway, I got to talking. And the first thing he said to me was, uh, You know, when I get out of here, I'm going to go to church with you. Well, that opened the door for me to say what I was going to say. And I told him, I said, that would be great but i said you don't have to go to church to be saved i said how would you like to be forgiven for everything you've ever done and he got tears in his eyes and said that He uh, said, i believe i'd really like that and uh so i got down there and prayed with him and accepted the lord and uh he was 76 years old when he did it and uh a lot of people don't never when they're that age they don't ever you know, a lot oh, of people yeah. don't accept the Lord at that age. And, and he got to worrying about, you know, whether he could be baptized or not. And I said, well, Billy, I said, I'm I'm sure the Lord put that in my heart to say it because I wouldn't have thought about it that quick. I said, uh, Billy, I said, it would be good to be saved, but that is just a, a, a showing to show other people that, you know, I said, you don't have to be baptized to to go to heaven and I said uh, he was worried about that and I said uh, well I said the Lord had two thieves on both sides of him and I said he said tomorrow you will be with me in paradise and and, you know I said that man didn't have time to come down from the cross and be baptized but I said you don't have to worry about that and uh, he died about two weeks later Wow
1: that's Uh, quite a story
3: is uh, one of the best things I've ever, you know, had a part
1: of. And that wonderful that God gave you the honor of of what He was doing in His life, and your faithfulness there to pray. He gave you words that you that come out of your mouth like, "How did I think of that?" <laughs> yeah, That's so yeah, cool, I, Ronnie. I don't put it in your heart and in your
3: mind if you ask ask for it.
1: That is so awesome. God bless you, my brother. That's so great. You called in today. I know you encouraged a lot of folks with that story, Ronnie. God bless you. Thank you for calling us
3: today. Thank you. I, uh, I enjoy your program. Thank,
1: thank you. Well, we have Tiff in High Point, North Carolina. We would love to hear your story. 866-348-7884. Tiff, you're on a Christian Car Guy. good morning.
4: Good morning. I've got lots of stories. But I think this one may be helpful. Um, Back in 1958-59, I was in a school up in Maine, a college, and I had a girlfriend up there. Somebody I was trying to get to know, and uh, we finally—I finally—she went off to nursing school the next year, and and uh, we parted. You know, uh, my father passed on, and didn't have any much money, able to contact her a lot. But I, I knew something was wrong, and I prayed for it desperately. I, I just prayed for it. God would take care of her, keep her out of trouble, and direct her in His, in his way. She'd had something happen that had somewhat separated her from going to church or go, being being with uh, Christian people. And, uh, 50, and 59 or oh, 55 years later, I'm sitting up at my computer doing some writing and looking up some stuff on when uh, Craig says for, for a second-hand stove or something, and I began crying inside, and I began weeping and, and uh, feeling desperate, and he finally showed me who it was about, and I'm baptized in the Spirit. I speak in languages for of 50 years, but for two and a half months, all day long, right all night, 16 hours a day, holy spirit in me was praying for that gal and still on me he's still working but that's after 55 years that to me was the most incredible thing <laughs> and it just it was just as much as if it were the first time when i knew her back 55 years ago
1: wow have you had um, any contact with
4: her lately oh yeah well i had a contact um uh, i found out who where she lived and everything she was a uh wife of a doctor and she had four children, eight grandchildren and in the natural it done very well, but she's still on my heart very much. I'm still praying, and uh, as God leads me to but uh, what's her really first name? Her maybe we can
1: we can get a few folks praying for her. what's her name her first name
4: uh no God's gonna work this he's, he's, okay all right to... well, we'll go with that. I was just gonna say yeah. we
1: could a bunch of us agree with you on that, and
4: no, no he. He's working the work. He's already told me. He said,
1: okay. All right.
4: <laughs> uh, well, God me, bless that's you, Tiff. Fantastic. I... 55 years later. Hadn't yeah, even that is it. That been is many, a... many, many years. I prayed for a little while after we left, about a, about a year, but 55 years later, wham.
1: There you go. That's Everything awesome.
4: Everything in your mind that you've ever done is there. God's in the business. I yeah, there's
1: books heard. like that that are, that are going to be shown to us when we get there, aren't there? God bless oh, you, Tiff. Good. Thank you for calling us today. Okay. Thank All right. you. Bye-bye. All right. We'd love to hear your prayer repair, 866-348-7884, truth We would love to hear it. But what do you do when you fear your loved one is no longer safe to drive, but to intervene could destroy your relationship? Well, this week I met a young lady by the name of Valerie Miller, and she's the author of Who Cares? God's Path for the Caregiver, and she shared an amazing idea with me. Simply put, if you are deeply concerned that your loved one is endangering themselves or others by driving, since her husband was a physician, she knew that, that you could contact their physician. Now, this is the physician of your parent or your loved one, and that parent or loved one can send a driver evaluation request to the motor vehicle department in your state and i thought wow physicians were familiar with the form and i thought well let me verify this so i called my friend jeff uh, lieutenant jeff gordon at the north carolina highway patrol and he said sure enough that was the case and then i followed up and i called brad benfield at the state of washington department of licensing because we have so many calls from from seattle all the time because you know i figured that would be good and Wow, they have a form that actually you don't even – if you're in the state of Washington, a loved one can send in the form without a physician if you're concerned. And then I went to New York State, and they have a whole page at their website just for this very issue for a physician or for somebody else. And you know what? Even the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has a place for physicians to go. So I found it in a number of states. There's about 20 states there as well as a link to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration where you could tell your parents' physician to go to christiancarguy.com or or maybe you take the form with you and see if they – because here's the thing. If the physician sends in that form, all they're doing is they're saying to have them come in for a license check. In other words, they're going to test them again to make sure they're still qualified, so now it's just up to your loved one's ability to pass the test, whether or not they're still driving, and you're kind of out of the middle of it. Is kind of is your loved one capable of passing the test? Well, if they are, then they they should be you know still driving in that area. But if they're not, well, then maybe this is God's intervention. But of course, we would highly recommend that you pray at length before you have this kind of strong
2: intervention. But I thought it was an amazing answer to a very sticky situation, right, Bob? Absolutely, because. I can never imagine being able to have the strength to say, okay, Dad, you know, you can't drive anymore. Uh, yeah. you know, you're a little sketchy on the roads and everything. But, you know, to just take it out of my hands and have them reevaluate it. There yeah, you go. Well, awesome we got it thing. all
1: there at ChristianCarGuy.com. We got Michael. He's got a prayer repair for us. We need yours, 866 34 Truth. Call us. <laughs>
3: You still know that he is God You still know he is our father
1: Still, sit, stay, sharing our prayer repairs today. We're so thankful for those that have called in, but we still need your call. We got one more segment to do that. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Sharing your prayer repair. We got Michael. Michael, you're on the Christian Car Guy show. Good morning.
0: Good morning, Robert. How are y'all?
1: I am excited to hear your story.
0: Um... Well, Robbie, in 2011, I was taking a video editing class, and I met a young lady there, uh, and we developed a good rapport. And um, she began to tell me how, in her life, she had a lot of traumatic things to happen to her, and uh, she was trying to deal with those things. But one day out of the blue, she called me, and she said, Mike, I'm going to commit suicide. Wow. And I didn't know what to say. Uh, it, it caught me totally off guard, and the first thing I told her is, okay, slow down, you know, what, what's going on? And she said, I've already made arrangements, you know, for, for things to be taken care of, and, and she went on and on, and I told her, you know, and I'm sitting there asking the Lord at, at this time, you know, what do I say? You know, why did this fall in my lap? Um, I, I don't want this responsibility, and so he just— he gave me the words of saying, and I told her, I said, listen, come to church with me. And Because she said, Mike, you know, I really have a lot of respect for you and your family, and, you know, you're such great people. And I said, listen, okay, then come to church with me. And if God doesn't speak to you in that, about your situation at church, um, then there's nothing else i can do i don't know what else to do um i didn't know what to say at that moment other than come to church and um so she did come she 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 said she would come she did come to church and it just so happened that week we had a guest minister and and he ministered on exactly what she was going through and um she just had this look on her face And, and so i had got some of the associate pastors
1: it just, it, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just so happened. Yeah,
0: it just have a right. <laughs> um, but I was so grateful, Robbie. I, w- I was so thankful that, that um, you know, God had showed up for her. And, and so I got some associate pastors to pray with her. And so we prayed, and I walked her to her car, and she said, I don't know if I'm going to be here today. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. And I told her, I said, well, whatever – your decision is, I said, I just want to let you know it was great knowing you. I, I think you're a good person, and it would be a shame not to get a phone call from you sometime this week. And uh, it just so happened, I, I prayed about it, and I prayed about it all that week, and she showed up for service. I didn't even know she was there. And someone that came and got me and said, this lady is looking for you.
1: Wow. And when I
0: found her, she was crying profusely. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, Mike, I'm in love. And I said, you're in love. She said, yes, I'm in love. And I thought she had met somebody. <laughs> I didn't know. And she said, I got saved today. I gave my life to Jesus Christ.
1: The real love. And yeah. she
0: said, she said, I am in love. And she cried. She called me later on in the afternoon. she was still crying. And she said, I've never felt this kind of love before. So, uh, God is definitely faithful,
1: Robert. What a fantastic testimony. Michael, you blessed my world today by sharing that. I cannot tell you how much. And I'm thinking there may be somebody out there right now who is listening, and they too are struggling, thinking about something like that. Hey, maybe this is the Spirit's way of saying you need to be in church tomorrow. Um, He's got something for you. If you be still and listen, Michael, God bless you. Thank you, brother. That is awesome. Thank you, Rob. That's so awesome. Thank you. Bob, that's worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> what? All by itself. Yes, sir. I, I am I am totally blown away. Well, as I promised in our appraisal by the Real Black Book, that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment. I told you that a friend of mine does a disciple magazine by the name of Adam Draper, and he does this segment called Teach Me to Pray. And he was teaching this prayer essentially on how to get still and know that he's God. And what he taught me was that it's really cool to picture yourself at the tabernacle, Bob, and to picture yourself that you're going to walk through these courts. So, you know, in the outer court there is where they did the sacrifices. It's where the altar was. And so you might picture Christ there because that's where the ultimate sacrifice was where like our young lady just found out that she was, had was cleansed from remission of sin. The next thing that he taught me, which is absolutely amazing, is you, you go into that inner court, and there is the laver, or this big sea, is what they called it, and it was a big basin. But what I, he taught me that I did not know, but since this thing was polished brass, and a lot of people melted down their mirrors in order to make it happen, not only did you wash yourself before you went into the temple, you got to look at yourself. It was a mirror, and you could see that you're in the image of God. And so as you're praying this, and actually I've been praying this prayer in the last week or so, you go through this period of sacrifice, then you come into the labor to get cleaned up, and you come up out of that water, and you get a look. And the interesting thing, Bob, I'm serious. When you do this, you realize that you are made in the image of God. And before you even enter into the holy the holy place, not the most holy place, you, you see yourself in God's image because of that brass that's so shiny. Here's this look that you were made in the image of God. And I never thought about these priests. You know, they were tightening up as they were looking in the mirror there before they went <laughs> to the holy place. Well, as you come into the holy place, and then you're going to be met, first of all, by the bread of the presence, which is similar to, you know, the way we take communion. So to be in the presence of God, to commune with God, of course, we, we've got the bread and the wine. They just had the bread of the presence there. That's something to think about as you're going through this kind of time of prayer, picturing yourself tabernacling with the Lord through this picture of what heaven is. Then comes a really cool part. You get to come to the menorah, the candle stand, you know, and there you see the seven, right, lights, which are the seven spirits of God. The spirit of wisdom is in that first light. And the, if you look in Isaiah 11, you'll find a breakdown on this, or I've got it at christiancarguy.com. The second one being the spirit of understanding, the third one being the spirit of counsel, and the fourth one being the spirit of power and might, and the fifth one being the spirit of knowledge, and the sixth one being the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And then very, very cool, the seventh one is the delight in the fear of the Lord. And actually, as we're talking about being still, when you can really rest, it's like the Sabbath day. You see, you're getting Shalom, you're getting to be complete, and you're getting all seven spirits in you, and at that point in time, you rest. In the, in, the, in, the, in the fear of the Lord It's an amazing thing to do And now you find the, uh, the, it, it, Step by step it's getting cooler and cooler Now you come to the incense And the incense clearly in Revelation Is the prayer of the saints So this is lifting up And I can tell you as I have done this prayer this week I, Time and again I find myself in this incense And I'm going through some tough things In my own life right now And I have found myself literally floating In this incense of prayers Of people that have been praying for me as I go through that incense. And then you get to go through the curtain, right? Because we get to go boldly to the mercy seat right there and be in Christ's presence. And you get to look inside the Ark of the Covenant and there's that staff that gives you authority and there's the manna to be fed in the law. And just this week, Bob knows that I was praying for his situation and I grabbed all that staff and asked that, that, that God give me the authority to help out. And when he told me that he had breakthrough like that, I can tell you it was worth the time to be still. Right? I sat and I was like, and I stayed and I got the biscuit Bob, and you did too. And you can get it this week. Go to ChristianCarGuy.com and find out more about it. By all means, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. Remember, slow down, sit, stay, and you might get that biscuit or you will get the biscuit. I promise.